with Brian and Susan, and I'm so excited for today's show. Oh my gourd! <laughs> uh, I'm Brian Kluger, and I am joined by the hostess with the mostest, the person I want to be in all the eating contests with, all the food, Susan Stevens. What's up? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. hey, hey yourself. Hi. <laughs> I feel like you just like waved at me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. We are in what week six of quarantine? Week six, 100, 1000. I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> feels, I don't know. Feels, I've lost days. I'm actually impressed by everyone who remembers the exact day. Like people are like, it's been 33 days of quarantine. I'm like, how? The hell do you know? I've I stopped counting after day two. Yeah, I don't know exactly when the la- when the quarantine day actually started. I'm sure I could find out, but I I definitely on my calendar I have the last screening I went to, and I can count the days for sure because you and I were yeah. both at that screening. But you know, it's really weird for the many years that I've I've known you, Susan. Uh, this is the longest I've gone without seeing you and it sucks. <laughs> I, I know that is, that's such, you brought up a really good point. It's so sad. I know like this is that it's just so weird to not seeing like you and the other movie people, because it's just like, we're so used to seeing each other at the very least once every two weeks. Right. Or I mean, I shit, I would say once every week. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, least. typically it's it's once every week. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that's getting up soon. Um, but yeah, we're 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 back with episode four. This this episode is called Feed Me, Simo, Feed Me. And uh of course that's a great reference to an amazing film. Little Shop of Horrors, and of course we are No BS with Brian and Susan. We are on the Multimedia Men Network, Podcast Network on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and iHeartRadio. We have an excellent show coming to you today. We are going to get to our main events later on in the show with our main, our main topic, all about food in movies and TV. Of course, we're doing our blind watch, which Susan picked. It's going to be a fun one, of course. And but first, but first, we're gonna get you all the movie and TV updates on what uh, you should be watching, what you should be viewing. A little bit of news. First up, should movie theaters open up now? In the news, in in the business community, out in the world. Uh, governments and politicians are talking about reopening a bunch of businesses. And one of those facets are movie theaters. And there are some uh, places in the U.S. and around the world that are thinking of opening up movie theaters. Is this okay? Should they be doing this now? Susan, what do you think? 
Oh man, that is, I, and I, and I saw this like, cause I know Georgia's doing that, what, starting Friday or Monday, something like that. But okay. My personal self is like, hell yeah, let me get back to a movie and risk it. You know, like, let's just put people three seats apart. But then I'm like, I don't know. It kind of seems a little early uh, to be honest. I think I think we're not even at a point where, like, if schools are still closed, like, schools are closed for the rest of the year. And, I mean, I think we need to do baby steps here. I think as much as I love movies, that may not be the first thing, like, really quickly that needs to be reopened. I think, you know, they're doing – they're just doing retail to go. So maybe – Maybe like by June, I was always saying June was kind of the month in, in my head to start doing more of that. But I feel like if they're going to open everything all at once, we're just going to be in the same position we were in March. Yeah, I think there might be a big backlash. Uh, and when I say backlash, I mean that there, it, it, it's going to, the virus spreading is going to be worse. Like I think right. more people are going to have it. And, and I think, I'm, I'm with you, Susan. I definitely, you know, deep down, we all want to go back to the way things were. And I just don't think we're there yet. I think people are trying to jump the gun and politicians don't know shit. So right. uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's movie theaters are different than uh, like a shopping mall or a retail space because with retail space or a shopping mall, there's more room. You're walking around, mm-hmm. you can get away from people easily. But like you said, like schools, you're kind of in a classroom sitting really close to people. And even if in a movie theater, you're sitting right next to somebody and you might be even touching them uh, yep. as well. And there's nowhere to go. You're in a box, a small box with up to 500 people and i guarantee you somebody's gonna start coughing (laughs) it's all gonna be over so and there's no way that they can appropriately distance people from that in a movie theater even if you're like you know three seats apart skipping rows whatever i mean people are still going to be in there and so like let's say you do that how many people can you allow in a theater? You're going to cut out so many people that can actually watch the movie. Um, and I just don't think we're there yet. Uh, I Yeah. And then after people sit down, movie theaters don't clean or wipe down seats. They just kind of clean the popcorn off the floor. Uh, right. So they would have to take... I would imagine an hour, an hour and a half between each movie to like disinfect everything. So it's super weird to me that movie theaters would even want to try that because I think that would be a complete hotspot for the virus. And I mean, it's kind of working now with uh, movie studios releasing stuff at home. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. And then you bring up a good point about, and that's another thing versus like shopping. When you're shopping and going to get clothes really quick, you don't have to sit down on their chairs or anything like that. That's a lot less work for the people in retail to have to disinfect versus how long it would take to even even if movie theaters were to give us uh, Lysol spray and our own wipes, you know, like it just it's it's a lot of hassle. That's not worth it to open this early. And, um, yeah, I just – I don't think it's 
I just don't think it's a, I think they're, they're jumping the gun. I think they're getting eager and I'm eager too, but I would rather do some at home entertainment. Like Netflix has been, you know, uh, popping out a lot of great stuff. So is other streaming sites. And, uh, I, 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 right now I think the, the, the biggest Hollywood blockbuster has already been slated for like July, like. Well, not the bigger, but one of the bigger ones, right? What, what do they move the Quiet Place to? To oh, I think it's like the fall or something like that. They move that think... one to fall. Yeah, I okay. Think so. Well, I guess. Okay, so Mulan, I think, is like July or something. And you know that very well may be like the case where it's doing well there, but I just I don't see that happening and i feel like it's gonna suck to watch a movie with like masks on like the facial masks on. yeah <laughs> i i just feel like they're gonna need to they they are and like I said, they are doing a good job right now the truth is the the curve is flattening because the main thing was that everyone got it so fast that they were filling up hospitals and people weren't, it wasn't enough treatment. We're just now getting, they're getting, to, it's almost like crazy. It's like, y'all it's working. Give it more time to at least decrease. And then we can start slowly opening things that are more essential, honestly. So. Right. I don't think movie theaters are, it's like one of the last things on the list that's essential because we exactly. have tons of ways to get those movies into your house. And trust me, yeah. I'm the first person who wants to go outside and go Same. to a movie. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I, we wouldn't be saying this if it weren't true because we, that's all we talk about is how badly we want to go back to a movie. <laughs> Ah, my goodness. So should theaters open up now from Susan no. and I, I believe we are saying hell no. Yeah. Hell no. That's let's, let's not be crazy. Come on. Let's <laughs> open other stuff up. I think it's, I, I think it's more essential to open up people to get haircuts before getting a movie, th going to a movie. Right. Right. I, I agree. Uh, well, you know, there's that aspect of it, you know, I guess, I mean, I'm going to keep growing my hair out, but uh, it's it's all weird. I think like if you want to see a movie at a theater, I think the safest bet to do is you know of course stay at your house. But if you want to go out, uh, there are drive-ins probably near you, and uh, I know there's one you know several miles outside of Dallas. And if you stay in your car and you watch the movie, I think at a drive-in, I think you're safer than going to a movie theater. But yeah, and that's then, a great idea. Yeah, that is a good one. Uh, but even then, because I think drive-ins are still kind of open and showing movies, so check that yeah, out. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So check that out if you want to go out. But, I mean, stay at home. Just, you know, stay at home. <laughs> yeah, I would just stay at home. And Well, to me, I'm like, if you're going to drive all that way to, like, Ennis or wherever to go to a drive-in, I'd rather pay the 20 bucks to watch a movie at home. <laughs> right. All right, all right. So theaters, movie theaters, stay closed. Please don't open because you will fuck all this up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to some happier news. I know I know. Susan uh, has some excellent shows to talk about, stuff that's been happening in the movie and TV world. Susan, I believe you are a fan of The Bachelor, and there might be something happening with that, right? Yeah. So, I'm sorry, on April 13, The Bachelor Presents Listen to Your Heart premiered, and 
Okay, I was dead set that I was not going to watch this show because the previews look absolutely awful. It's inspired by A Star is Born. They say they say that. I think it's inspired by a contestant who was on Hannah Brown season who went on the show to be a singer and not like So wait, date wait, 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 wait. So The Bachelor has a spin-off show and it's The Bachelor yeah. but with American Idol? Essentially, I think it's more that, but I mean, this thing, they are, is still a, like, you know, a test run, I feel like, because they, they've kind of merged like a little bit of the concept of what one of their shows paradise, where they bring in, it started where they brought 10 women and 10 men, uh, or actually, no, I'm sorry. The first episode they did, I think maybe like 10 women and, um, like 13 men, something like that. And, and then the women get to choose who they like. And then, uh, and then week two, they brought in, um, more women for the guys to have more choices and they got to choose who they like. So now they're at the, I believe it's, it might be 10 couples or eight couples. I can't remember. I thought it was 10. And so, but as they're dating and figuring things out, it's very music focused. So they give them every opportunity to like sing. So we get to hear these people's voices. So they'll take them to like guitar center in LA or an open mic night or sing on uh, like Sunset Boulevard, whatever, which is oddly enough even more cheesy than most of the dates on Bachelor because it's like it's such an obvious ploy to get them to sing. Some of them have actually, I will say this, I'm really impressed with their voices. They're not just like most of them have really great voices. So I will give them that. But it's it's one of those shows that, Seriously, I'm I'm watching it because there's why not during this quarantine you're like <laughs> why the hell not sure it was I I was not gonna watch this show I was dead set against it I was like you know what the new season of Bachelorette is coming like was supposed to come in May I'll wait for that well once that got like pushed back and I don't know when Paradise is coming I was like okay I'll give this shot and it's just a six week special so there's only four more episodes left so that was also appealing. Um, overall, it's a very, it's very rushed. It feels very rushed because of that. And there's contestants that you never even hear. You can see them, but you never even know what they sound like because they don't speak. Um, but uh, it's fine. So it is what it is. So with you describing this, I feel like I want to watch part of this just for the fact that if somebody's on a date where one person is up. In, on stage singing something and the other person is watching and the person on stage singing is so horrible they will not go on a date after that or they'll just ditch the date because i i want to see that shit that would be amazing <laughs> well they get they have they usually make them sing together so oh. because they're testing their musical chemistry because basically it's like falling in love through the music and stuff like that so it's like Billy, oh. so the which which one thing that bothers me is that I feel like we've already learned if somebody comes on the show to promote their music, they care more about music than they do about finding love. But they're saying the the right reasons is to be here for love. My no, they're all here to to get a record deal or something. Or to be on so, TV. 
Yeah, promote their, get more followers to listen to their music. What, what not? So <laughs> oh my I'm, goodness! Can can we? Is there an insane clown posse episode where the two can sing an insane clown posse song together? Because I would watch that. No, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> insane clown posse. You don't know that band from the nineties? What, Susan? It sounds familiar, but I don't know it. <laughs> ICP, they're uh, serial killer clowns, the Juggalos. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so for next week's show, we are going to give Susan some homework on Insane Clown Posse. And it's going to rock her world. (laughs) I'm going to send you a couple songs to listen to. Oh, but only only if Glee would have had an Insane Clown Posse episode. Holy shit. Insane Clown Posse. Had a record label, well, was on the Disney record label at one point, and then when Disney kind of found out about that, quickly got rid of them. But very theatrical, whatever, that's besides the point. But oh my goodness, this show. I yeah, don't like seeing shows. I will shows, say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, next week they're going to, I think next week might be a little bit more American Idol vibes because it looks like the couples are set. And they're going to start the music competition point of this. And the couples are going to sing in front of actual like celebrity judges, including like like Kesha and Jason Mraz. Um, I don't know who else. I think that's next week at least. But uh, so I guess they'll come. They'll maybe they'll start eliminating. And I'm assuming maybe the final couple will win like a record deal or some money, something like that. So. Eh, there's four four episodes left. I I like I said, it's it's something something it's, to watch. It's, it's, it's something. It's something. You uh, know. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, so, and the other thing that uh, I see here is that Mindy Kiling. You know, we all got a dose of Mindy Kiling in the office. We got dose of dose small doses of her in Judd Apatow films. But you say Kiling. I said Mindy Kiling, right? It's Kaling. Kaling. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is the way I talk. Mindy Kaling. Okay. From The Office. And then she's had her own shows, been very successful. But I guess Mindy Kaling, Kiling, Mindy Kaling has a brand new show. And now I think uh, Susan might have seen this, but I'm curious, is it the same shit she's been doing or has she gone a different direction? Is it good? Is it bad? What do you think? Uh, yes, I did get to watch the season one. Uh, it, it was in, you know, preview content and it is so good. Uh, it is, it is actually not the same shit she's been doing at all. I mean, I, I love her stuff. I think Mindy Kaling is such a talented writer. And actually, I think that, you know, from since the office, she does a good job of, showing us different, like really versatile styles of a writing. I mean, it's, it's all comedy, but still like really great different stories, like from Mindy project. I didn't watch four weddings and a funeral, her, her series, but I did watch late night, which I thought was a fantastic movie and is on Amazon prime. It's included in prime recommend that. But, uh, her new show is called never have I ever. It stars. I'm going to butcher her name here. Maitreya. Rama Krishan, Krishan, I, I, but she's obviously a, a new actress. Um, she plays Devi, 
and she's a young Indian uh, teenager, and I don't want to spoil too much, but basically her and her two best friends are in high school, and she is their, like, kind of hormone craze, as you would imagine. She really wants to lose her virginity. She has a crush on, like, the hottest guy in school, Paxton, and, you know, it's, it's the previews like advertise it this way, where it seems like it's just like some teenagers who want to explore like dating and sex and stuff like that. But, oh my God, there's so much more to this. Like Mindy Kaling is obviously bringing a lot of her culture, probably more so than anything she's done before. You, you can really tell how this is like a passion project and very personal to her. And I just, I love, I love how any, you know, any culture is doing that where they, they bring in more of themselves into their content. But, uh, this show has so much more to it than just comedy. There, there is a lot of heart to the show. I cried twice while watching and I was surprised cause I did not think it was that. Um, but it's not, and I don't say that in like, I cried in the way that you would probably have some, emotional moments from like full house or something, but it, it's not, it's not cheesy. It's not cheesy either. I don't, I don't know. I don't want it, to, it's, it's like family, but teen. And I just, I feel like the less people know the better. Cause I like, I didn't know a whole lot, like just watching the trailer, but it's a, it's a great TV series about friendship and family and, it's also really hilarious. So I, it's only 10 episodes, less than 30 minutes a piece. Um, I highly, highly recommend people watch this one. Brian, I really want you to see it. I, I'd be so curious what you think. I'll watch it. I'll watch it for sure. You gave it the recommendation. I'm curious, yeah. though. My, my mind went blank when you said Full House had emotional moments. I'm curious about that. <laughs> <laughs> whatever i don't know how to what i don't know what series that you well i was gonna say little house on the prairie but i i i'm i can't remember little house on the prairie for the life of me i was never really on that train you you like little house on the prairie prairie but i'm i'm just talking about you know there's comedy series that sometimes have these moments that pull at your heartstrings okay, i just don't okay. want it when i when I say emotional, I don't want people to get confused and be like, oh, no, is this like a drama? Is it going to make me sad? Because it's not that. No, like, like, like Simpsons and Futurama have made me emotional, really emotional, or Fresh Prince in a couple episodes. Yeah, Fresh Prince. There you go. That's a good example. Yes, definitely. Okay. All right, all right. I got, I got, I goes like, whoa, what full house are you watching? Well, <laughs> I don't know. There were, there was an episode I can think of, but I don't want to go down that path, rabbit hole. Right. We'll save that for another show with all the <laughs> saddest moments in TV. <laughs> exactly. That's a good idea. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, sweet. So Mindy Kaling's new show, the new Bachelor spinoff. It looks like you're okay. So I, I've, I've watched a couple things that haven't come out yet on Netflix as well. Um, I want to talk about one that's coming up called Extraction. Have you seen this yet, Susan? I have not watched it yet. I know what it is. By that, I just know that Chris Hemsworth is in it. Yes, correct. So the movie is called Extraction. It's coming out on Netflix very soon. And oh my god, this movie surprised the hell out of me. So, uh... You've seen the story a bunch of 
but this movie breathes new life into this movie or into this story. So uh, the the director of this is Sam Hargrave, and he is known as a stunt coordinator, a stunt man for many, many movies, such as all a lot of the Marvel films. Uh, including Endgame and Infinity War. He was the head stunt person on that. But now he's in the director's chair, and he has the Russo brothers who directed uh, Infinity War and Endgame writing this movie. And so what Extraction is, it's Chris Hemsworth, who's this uh, mercenary who's tasked with uh, rescuing a young kid from an Indian cartel set in Bangladesh. And there's like 3000 bad guys trying to stop them from getting to safety. So the movie plays out like John wick and the raid in a little bit of city of God. (laughs) And it is unbelievably well done and great. It is super, super violent. Uh, This director, uh, Sam Hargrave knows exactly what he's doing behind the camera uh in in a way that the fight scenes there's like no cuts and even he does a full 12 minute sequence where there are no cuts in an action sequence that goes from a car chase to on the top of a building to it, it's quite chaotic and fantastic and thrilling and it is it does not shy away from gore it does not shy away from the brutal the brutalities of a cartel uh even depicting uh the cartel bosses throwing young kids off the top of a building killing them to show a message like it is crazy no yeah i know it's insane and it is bloody and when you watch it you're like oh my god this is like john wick but with thor Uh, David Harbour shows up in the movie. Like, it's just, it's really good and surprising. Cause I thought going into this, I'm like, okay, we're just going to get a subpar action flick with Chris Hemsworth, but no, holy shit. Please make more of these movies. It's so good. Wow. Yeah. I'm shocked. I did not think so. Especially because I watched Killerman. I think it was with, uh, Liam Hemsworth. I mean, obviously it wasn't on Netflix. It was like something, and it was terrible and i just thought i mean i thought maybe it'd be something along those lines but you're you're saying this one's no, good no, huh? that, that's what i thought too and no no i oh because i like the movies the raid wow. and raid 2 i like john wick and it is just like that style uh, but like more uh it, it's takes itself more seriously and you know, involving a kid in a drug cartel, it like just goes, it's more violent and then involving kids in that. It's pretty crazy, but uh, the violence and uh, Chris Hemsworth knows he, he's the action star now. <laughs> he can hold his own and he's great in his kung fu skills and uh, gunplay. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good, good, to know. good to know. Yes. Uh, the other two things that I've been watching that are coming out very soon: Dead to Me season two with Linda Cardellini and oh, why am I blanking on her name? Uh, Christina, Christina Applegate. Applegate. Uh, they, it, if you hadn't seen the first season, uh, highly recommend it. Second season is just as good. They about 
two people who cross paths and, and there's murder involved with their husbands and it is crazy. But the second season just goes to a next level showcasing the two's relationships and how they're dealing with dead bodies everywhere. Uh, have you seen this show, Susan? No, I haven't. I've on it. I've heard great things and it's been recommended to me, but I, I just, I would really love it to just like binge it when it's all done. Cause I, I'm so impatient. Like even watching this Mindy Kaling one, I was kind of like, I just couldn't wait. But like, I'm like, damn, I want season two. Well, when, when season two of dead to me comes out on Netflix, please just binge the two seasons. I know you'll really like it. Is it, is it done after that? Or is it going to be a season three? I think there'll be a season three. Oh, so but is it so you like it too? Yeah, no, I like it. It's it's done well, and it's there. There's a lot of fun characters in it, and they they do a good job. And Linda Cardellini, you know, from Freaks and Geeks and Avengers and a few other places, and of course Christina Applegate from uh, Anchorman and the Al Bundy married with children show and everything else there. Cause it, there's a little bit of comedy to it. It's very dark comedy, but it's something different for them. And it's really good. And their, their acting chops are fantastic. I just hope they get yeah. recognized for it. And then the final show that I'll talk about, which is one of my favorite shows, it's called afterlife. It's the Ricky Gervais show on Netflix. This, this, TV series Afterlife. It's season two, and I believe it's, it's its final season. BBC, British TV shows usually don't go on very long. Afterlife is about Ricky Gervais playing a character who works at a newspaper, and his wife dies of cancer, and he's just really broken up about it, and it's about him dealing with that. And it is darkly comedic and sad, and this is a show you will cry to as well as laugh your ass off. It is a perfect blend of both, and uh, you just come out feeling great after it. Um, please watch Afterlife, season one and two. All right. You know, I hadn't even heard of that show until you talked about it. but No, it, I think Afterlife is going to... It's one of the best shows ever made. <laughs> and it is... Yeah. He, Ricky Gervais is so good in it, and all the characters in the series are excellent and it's a really quick watch there's six episodes i believe or seven episodes in each season but i think it's six uh and they're 30 minutes long uh that's it's the way to go so it's a real quick watch and i believe season two is its finale and uh yeah afterlife excellent stuff Good to know. Good All right. Know. Let's move on to one of our main events, all about the food. Feed me, Simo. Feed me now. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be talking about food and movies in TV. Uh, Susan, what do you think? Why, why do we like food and movies? Why do we like food and TV? Why is this a thing? Uh- I don't even know. I got to tell you, and Trevor gets on to this, uh, to me about this. Not like he makes fun of me because as much, especially during this quarantine, I think I'm even more obsessed with food than I am 
with uh with movies obviously like i just i love watching i love seeing picture of pictures of people's meals that they make like if i'm going through instagram and i see someone posted a picture of their food i like hold that frame i hold it i observe it i'm like what did you make <laughs> let me see and uh I, I don't know i just i really love it i'm such a foodie and i'm definitely one of those people what did they they say there's two types of people there's people who eat to live and live to eat I'm, I'm like live to eat i i love food so that's why i'm really excited about this episode to talk about right food. right and you know if you've ever seen or known susan I, I, susan i've heard susan can probably win a, a food eating contest <laughs> Oh no! I mean, I can eat. I I clean my plate. I clean my plate, and I eat quite a bit. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, I I need to learn my thing because I I'll overstuff myself. Yeah, no, I I do too. And like, there's like certain meals, and you know, watching movies and TVs that have are food centric, and it just makes your mouth water. I'm like, fuck, I'm hungry now. I want to go eat this. So that's what we're gonna talk about. Um, so let's first start. Uh, with some of your favorite films centered around food, like not okay. not, not scenes because um, we're going to get to scenes in a second. Not but scenes, just, just overall movies. movies. That was harder actually to think of that. Um, like because it's more scenes, but let me see. So as far as movies or that just films like centered around food, honestly, all I could really think of like chef is probably like the best. And, and um, you know what? You bring up that chef movie and that's a fun movie for sure. And, you know, w watching that movie and watching the grilled cheese sequence and then the excellent sandwiches that are made and even the, the food that, uh, Favreau makes uh, that he gets blasted for, like the the chocolate lava cake and you know all that stuff. It it's so appetizing. Everything he makes in that movie is appetizing. Like, I mean, I'm going to reference that quite a bit in this podcast with some of the other questions that we have, but that is probably the if you want. I never ever have I been like I had just eaten before that. And I was starving during that movie <laughs> because I wanted everything that was prepared. Uh, and and then Ju Julie and Julia, there was a Julia and Julie, yeah, Julie and Julia, the Meryl Streep, Amy Adams, Julia Childs film. That is another one that I, the movie's fine. It's a little sad to me at the end there, but I love watching the cooking and prepping. No, I, I so probably those yeah stuff. for sure I like that stuff. Um, one for me that I saw a long, long time ago back in the late '90s, which is also one of my you know uh, favorite films. But it, the movie is called Big Night, like B I G then N I G H T. Big Night, and it's a movie that stars Stanley Tucci and Tony Shalhoub, and it's about these two chefs who. Uh, have to make this gigantic Italian meal for a gigantic party at the restaurant. And it's about them 
<laughs> trying to do this. They're making a very difficult dish, Italian dish to make, and it's about all of them prepping and all of the inner workings going into it. And the the food they make in this movie is unbelievably good and looks great. But yeah, Big Night, a uh, great, funny, excellent film all about Italian food. And it is uh, it is quite good. And then I would say another one uh, that you know really sticks out more modern uh, is Pixar's Ratatouille. Yeah, um, yeah that's I love a good that one. Pixar film. I think it's a very underrated Pixar film. And the even though it's animated, I think I mean the the show the movie is all about the food and how you cook it and. Uh, you know, with underlying tones in there. I think that movie is great for food and chefs and, you know, the French cuisine. I really, really like that aspect about it. So uh, yeah. though I think those two, I would say, you know, probably my favorites for sure, uh, centered around food. But uh, let, let's, let's move on to the the most appetizing scenes in film. So, you know, it's hard because there, there's definitely scenes in movies that have food in it, but there's also, but like Susan said, it's very difficult to find a movie that's all about food. But this, this is a little bit easier, I think. Uh, so, Susan, your most appetizing scenes in movies... Okay, so yeah, there's I actually have a lot of these, but I, I kind of narrowed it down because I didn't want to just say a, a bunch. But um, do, do you remember in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids when the kids find the uh, the oatmeal yes, uh, pie? pie? Yes. Oh my god! When I was a kid, I I mean I mean even to this day when I eat an oatmeal pie, I think of that scene because. <laughs> It looked amazing. Like just that big little chunk they would grab with all the frosting and stuff. It just, it'll always look so delicious. Um, Willy Wonka, the pure imagination scene. I love candy. That's probably my favorite dessert. That is that, that yeah, is, that scene, the pure imagination, that is like every kid's fantasy. Like, I don't care. Like yeah. every kid, because when you're a kid, Nothing appeals to you like maybe watching a a cartoon or going outside to play. But the thing that you spend like your allowance on, you know, you you don't buy things like your parents do. The only thing you want in life is candy. And I think, you know, Willy Wonka showed that like, oh, shit, everything is edible and chocolate and sugar coated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was amazing. Like the honestly, there there's so many. Do you remember that scene pretty well? Like, was there ever like one part of it that you really liked? Like, cause I, I remember specifically, I thought it was cool when he ate like the little teacup. And there's a scene where it's like she like rolled out a fruit roll up thing and just like bit right into it. I always remember I wanted that the most. Yeah, I think there was that. I think there were like the red vines they pull off the trees and the gummy bears. Yeah. Uh, and I always got disgusted for some reason when the kids would dip their entire hand into like the chocolate fudge sauce and then eat it off their hands because, ew, that's yeah. just gross to me. Yeah. 
I don't. I don't like that. I honestly, I'm not a fan of the chocolate river. I wouldn't drink that. Oh no, no, not even. Not even out of my hands. And like, I'm really clean, but I don't want to eat something out of my hands. I guess if I was starving and on survival uh, mode in the forest, I would. But <laughs> yeah. definitely not in a candy factory. I mean, you know, they get what they deserve. Those kids for doing that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight to the furnace. Okay, so Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, what else? So I also have, um, do you remember Mrs. Doubtfire, whenever after uh, Robin Williams has like burned his boobs and failed at cooking dinner, he (laughs) orders takeout. I don't know what that is that he orders. He places it. I remember him putting those baby carrots, those really like fancy looking carrots. They're like skinny. Yeah. With the, was that the shrimp and the linguine or something like that? And the yeah, baby something yeah. like that. To Every time I watch that scene, I'm like, I want that meal. It looks <laughs> so good. It's so pretty. That is definitely one. <laughs> um, and then bringing it back to chef, the scene with the grilled cheese. He makes what looks like the best grilled cheese of my life, and I want it. It like oozes. It he he cooks it on that his like beautiful stove, and then like takes a bite. The kid takes a bite into. Oh my god, so good. No, that is great. Uh, I like that. I like those. Um, I would say. I remember the first in the first Harry Potter movie, all the kids enter the grand dining hall for the first time, and all the they you know all the food appears, and it's like fucking wings and chicken lollipops and sandwiches, and I'm like, holy shit, this is my buffet, this is what I want. <laughs> I love that stuff. I just I was I just got real mouth watering thinking about that. Uh, also, uh, in the movie Goodfellas, the mob <laughs> they talk about. They're, they're making like steak dinners and they have prosciutto and you can't, you know, cut the onions. You have to, uh, no, not too many onions in it. And he's like cutting the garlic with a razor blade that melts and liquefies in the pan. That is unbelievably good. I love that, uh, scene for that reason. Mm-hmm. Cause that just, it just looks really good. Um, let's see what else, what other great scenes do i love right. that have like the food like like best scenes with the food i mean i could say godfather as well when they're make he's teaching michael to cook for a, a big italian family type of thing uh let's see here yeah those are oh uh another great scene in <laughs> in wes anderson's the Grand Budapest Hotel, that big tower pastry that uh, they yeah, talk yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh, about uh-huh. and they eat. You know what I'm talking about? Right, right. Mendel's, I think, was the the name of the place they got it from. Uh, yeah, and they, I mean, they even ate it in prison there. It's it's very interesting that it's uh, that as well. Um, yeah, I think those are probably some of the better food scenes. And I would even go as far as to say uh, the the scene in Pulp Fiction where they go to Jack Rabbit Slim's, uh, Mia Wallace and Vincent Vega, and they order the milkshake and the fries and the burger. That and was the on steak. my short that list. Just looks actually, very appetizing uh, to me too. Yeah, that was actually on my short list. I almost mentioned that one because yeah, it really? all looks good. The burger looks so good. It 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 does, um, and then. Oh, let's see here. Um, 
I'm trying to think of a because I love like Jewish deli, and the only thing I can think of is um, when Harry met Sally when they're you know eating at the you deli know, and she has her. Have you been orgasm. there? <laughs> uh, it's ca- it's I'm trying to remember deli. what place that actually is. Oh yeah, no. So I have definitely been to Katz's Deli yeah, and Carnegie Deli yeah. in New it's, York it's, when they were open. It's okay, sure. but I think I got the wrong sandwich. It's a lot of meat. And it's, it's, it's too much meat. Right. And one thing that I can't believe you have not mm-hmm. mentioned, uh, Susan, which kind of makes me really? hungry. The Breakfast Club lunch scene. I mean, dude, when uh, what's his name, the Jock. Pulls out like four sandwiches, a big bag of potato chips, cookies, and bananas, and an apple. That looks unbelievably good. To me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know that one. I think that I think out of everybody's meal, I thought the most appetizing might have been uh, the sushi that Molly Ringwald had. Nobody else really looked like a great meal, especially because. Yeah, Allison. Um, no, Allison, I the character Allison, yeah. whatever the the basket case is putting like sugar and captain crunch in her sandwich right that that doesn't look good either uh but i i think there's there's something about uh his his like <laughs> amount of food it just yeah. looks like it's like stacked turkey sandwiches it just looks good i i like that aspect of it and then i have to mention of course animal house where bluto uh, John Belushi is going through the cafeteria at Co- Faber College, and he just puts literally everything on his tray, piles it up. It all looks like actually good because I don't know why I like cafeteria food, but I do. And it just all looks great. It's like going to a Luby's and, you know, what? getting everything on the tray. It's really great. Uh, I like that food scene. Uh, yeah, for sure. So those are some of like the best food scenes, but there's also some of the the least appetizing scenes, the least appetizing food in movies. So I really TV. just thought about uh, one. One Susan, immediately came think? to mind. I don't like to think too much about least appetizing because it really like they can make me sick, feel sick sometimes. <laughs> um, but one that will always stand is actually Matilda. When the kid eats that chocolate cake that um, Grunchwald makes him, whatever whatever her name is, uh, makes him eat, <laughs> that scene makes me want to, like, puke. I cannot even watch it. Like, it is so gross. He just looks, one, it's, like, oddly torturous, you know, like, this is, this is punishment. And then he finishes the whole thing, and it just, she, but and they preface it by saying her blood and sweat went in this cake. Oh, I want to puke just thinking about it. Mm, mm. Ew. Oh, <laughs> uh, the one. Well, I have a couple, but the one that comes to mind is uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, where they have oh, their crazy yeah. feast with all yeah. the reptiles and snakes and monkey brains oh, oh. <laughs> in the That's eyeball soup. That's great. <laughs> That is a good one. And then there's also in um, Cool Hand oh. Luke where Luke eats uh, 50 hard-boiled eggs. And hard-boiled eggs are good, but 50 of Gross. them, you can just feel his pain just watching him <laughs> eat 50 of those. And then, uh, yeah, I would think those are probably uh, those are probably the good ones. And then you could say, you know, 
the funnier one of that is maybe a Christmas story at the very end of the film where the family goes to the Chinese restaurant and they bring out like a whole duck <laughs> and bird with the neck and they all laugh and sing yeah. the Christmas song, which my, my God, I want to watch that right now. So I think there's there's a lot of stuff like that. I mean, and, and what about Steel oh, Magnolias? Gross. What Actually, about I've never the seen bleeding armadillo movie. cake? <laughs> oh my goodness, Susan, you need to see that movie. There, uh, they in during the wedding scene uh, at the reception, they make a, a really great looking armadillo cake with. Uh, red velvet cake in the center in gray icing. Yeah. <laughs> so when you cut it, it looks like it's like bleeding. <laughs> if somebody just gets the ass of the armadillo, <laughs> it's great. And no, it's really good. And that's like such a good movie. Oh, Susan, you need to watch that. Okay. So uh, there are those, you know, best and uh, the most appetizing, least appetizing scenes. Uh, okay, I actually you asked I looked it up too, and I right? could honest to God not find one song about food that I actually like. Like, I mean, maybe Eat It by Weird Al Yankovic. Maybe that might about been it. But I'm curious what you had because I was like, I struggled with that. Uh, okay, so you know, there's a couple, you know, so my go-to one is Tom Waits Filipino box spring hog off of the Mule Variations album, and it's all about ridiculously strange, bizarre foods he's eaten, you know, across the country in these little hole-in-the-wall dives. You know, some of the lyrics to the song are rattlesnake piccata with grapes and figs. And it's all about these weird foods. It's really good. And another one, which is kind of, you know, all about, you know, hooking up and sex, but uh, Warrant, the 80s hairband uh, okay. Warrant singing, She's yeah, that's a good song. Yeah. cherry pie. <laughs> that's a good, yeah, it's a good one. So uh, those are the two that I thought of. Uh, so I like that you said, okay, so Weird Al Yankovic did eat it, you know, from Michael Jackson's Beat It, mm -hmm. but I'm going to send you a link Susan, so there's a a um, I believe they're a Chinese all girl punk rock band called Shonen Knife S H O N E N and then the word knife. Oh, okay. And they sing all about food. <laughs> That's all their songs are about food, and they're called Shonen Knife. But they do a cover of Eat It. <laughs> okay. From Weird Al, and it, oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah, I think you'll like it. So, uh, there, there, there is that. Um, so yeah. And then, okay. So going all along with the, this food episode, what movies can you make a meal to coincide with? So let's say you want to watch a movie. You have a few people over, but you want to make a meal that kind of coincides. Honestly, with I, I'm watching what because it's a dream of mine. And it's, it's one of those ones I wish Alamo would do with it is chef, because I think there's so many like things in that movie that I would want to eat, not just the grilled cheese, but there's a scene where he cuts into this brisket that looks amazing and there's a scene he makes some sort of like steak dish with like a green sauce that looked really great um i just imagine that if they took just a little small portion of the bigger highlighted meals i mean i know he makes a cuban sandwich that's like a big deal in the movie and just made small portions of that that would come to you uh like as they appeared on screen that would be amazing. Like 
uh, yeah, that would be my my dream like pairing. What about you? All right, I have two. Uh, one is the Goonies, and I would serve first little pieces of pizza, little bite-sized pieces uh-huh. of pizza, because Chunk, you know, is eating pizza when the car chase. And then I would serve for a main meal veal scallopini with with red wine, because that's what Mouth is talking about. And for dessert, nice. I would do Rocky Road Very, ice I was, cream well, I was waiting for the baby Ruth somewhere baby Ruth in there. In so that, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, that's clever. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky Road. (laughs) So I like that aspect. And of course, they eat pizza at the end too, which is great from Domino's. And then the other one would be the Shawshank Redemption. Oh my. And I would serve (laughs) uh, uh, lamb shanks and uh, mixed uh, vegetables like they would get in prison and then a a six-pack of Suds beer to wash it all down with. So that's what I would do. A little, little interesting thing there but i think that yeah to do with little yeah oh. shank, little lamb shank to go and with i will you. say i actually another movie that i, <laughs> so I, I think that my head the farewell uh, to watch that with some really good like uh chinese food that would be so good Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and they have great shots of that would be food, awesome i like that all movie. of it looks delicious oh or you could go a gross route and watch Texas Chainsaw nope, Massacre. and probably can't eat while watching that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we do like chocolate pudding you would. with the centipede. <laughs> you would love that. <laughs> you would. Or, you know, like if you're watching, you know, the Silence mm-hmm. of the Lambs, you do like beef tartare oh. with an egg yolk crack. Oh, gross. A very fancy meal. <laughs> we're, we're, we're diving down into the pits of hell right now. We're going to move on uh, to, okay, so we're in quarantine times. Now, uh, Susan, what do you want to tell people to make for the quarantine meal? And in addition to that, what place do, would you want to tell people to go to to support a local business, uh, you know, since we're in North Texas? Yeah, that that's actually another thing I will say. The, good meal the highlight or a big highlight of my week is, you know, we, uh, we're not we're trying to cook as much as we can, but we at least once a week are going to get food out. And I get so excited about whatever we're picking. <laughs> so uh, as far as food out, we love Mia's Tex-Mex. Manny's is good. Uh, so is one of our favorite Italian restaurants is Roma's Italian on Greenville. We got a delicious tour of Italy there with a salad that meal lasts us two days. So that was a perk with their delicious, uh, garlic rolls. And we're going to be ordering from Greenville Avenue pizza this weekend. And I'm super stoked about that. Um, so just a couple of that, those places, but like I said, we have been cooking a lot. To the point where I liked it at first, and it's still okay, but I'm I'm like I feel like I'm getting a little tired. <laughs> like oh god, it's it's a, after a while it gets a lot of work. But I've made shrimp scampi, uh, homemade meat sauce with spaghetti. Uh, Trevor made these like pizza roll things this week. That was actually really good. They're like pizza cone dippers. Um, I do I like to make a variety of chicken dishes. So I've made like lemon garlic uh, chicken. Um, I'm going to make like lime chicken dragon noodles tonight, steak, 
really we're we're like looking up the Pinterest and uh, just just trying to go as creative. Well, not even creative, just whatever we can, the, whatever piques our interest, really. So it's the world's our oyster while we're in this quarantine with it. Yeah. Yeah. All the pun intended there. Oysters, yum. Uh, so I've made a, a bunch of food, but I love to cook. So I, I love cooking uh, gourmet stuff. So I've been doing a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. So two things I've made recently that you can make at home for sure. Uh, a chicken pot pie from scratch. It's easy. It's, it, you know, it seems difficult. You can, you can buy the pie crust already made, but just make it yourself. It's super interesting. Just mix some flour, some baking soda, some sour cream and an egg, and you'll be great. You know, that's how you make, uh, it, that's how you make, pie crust. It's real simple and easy to do. Just mix it up, roll it all into a ball, form it into two little discs, put it in the fridge for like an hour, and then roll it all out, put it in your pie pan. And then all you do is you take your chicken, you take your uh, half and half, you take some chicken stock, peas, carrots, onions, celery, put that all in like a, uh, like a stock pot and cook it for a little while and your chicken you don't even have to cook it just buy a rotisserie chicken you know peel it off the skin cut up the rotisserie chicken put it all into the same mixture and then just plop all that stuff on top of your uh your pie crust put the other pie crust on top of that pinch it all together put it in the oven and then voila baby you got a chicken pot pie and it is unbelievably good you can spice it up or whatever Amazing. And the other thing I made, I made a different type of broccoli cheese soup. And so what I did was, so, so broccoli cheese soup, you know, when you usually eat that, it's usually like a yellow or orange's color with some bits of broccoli in it. That's not mine. Mine looks very, it's very lime green. So what I do is, um, get some water, some chicken stock, some chicken broth, I should say, and, you know, you cook your garlic, you cook your onions, uh, and you cook your broccoli, two pounds of broccoli, cut it up in a little bits, and you all cook it. Uh, and then, once that's all kind of simmering and boiling, when it's, you know, uh, aromatic and soft to the touch, you put in some baby spinach leaves into that mix, and you stir it all around till it's melted, and then... You transfer that mixture, that kind of soupy, soft stuff, to a blender, and you blend it all up with about six ounces of cheese of your choice. I would go with cheddar and Parmesan. You do that, you bring it back to the pot, uh, and you just let it simmer for a little bit, and then you serve it with some uh, hard bread crumbs or croutons, put a little more cheese on top, Mm. and it is the best broccoli cheese soup you will ever have. And it takes about, from start to finish, about 20 to 30 minutes to make. Nice. That sounds delicious. And it's very quick, very easy. So I would do that. And yes, yeah, so supporting small businesses, I would say uh, Zalot Pizza, Z A L A T, great pizza, specifically their beef pepperoni or their buffalo chicken pizza, as well as um, the, oh, what is it called? Oh, it's the chicken place. Oh, my goodness. Ah, 
Why chicken? No, what is it called? Why am I blanking? Uh, I'll have to look this up. I will come back to you about that. But uh, like Susan said, Mia's is a great place for Mexican food, as well as Matt's El Rancho. I really want to know uh, your chicken all, place now. All good stuff. Uh, support your local business. Is it, is it Mike's Chicken? Um, oh my goodness, it's on Cedar Springs. Saying, Why am I forgetting? So good too. No, I love Mike's Chicken. Uh, chicken. I, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, chicken, mm. Cedar Springs, Dallas. Why am I forgetting? Oh, Streets Fine Chicken. Streets Fine Chicken is great for fried chicken, for biscuits, for sides, for chicken fingers. It is excellent. Highly recommended. They are owned by the same people who did Black Eyed Pea in Dixie House. Fantastic stuff. They are local as well. Please uh, seek them out if you're looking for fried chicken fingers. They are excellent. Um, but yeah, that kind of wraps up our food section <laughs> in our episode called Feed Me, Simo, Feed Me Now. Uh, so yeah, all about the food. Let us know, uh, what you think about food, uh, in movies and TV. You can email at mybloodypodcast at gmail.com. Let us know. But we're moving on to Blind Watch. Yes, it's our new segment on the show that we love doing so far. It is where Susan and I switch off from week to week picking a movie we both have never seen. It was Susan's week. Uh, she picked a brand new film that's yeah, on Netflix. Love Wedding Susan, Repeat. Give it to me. That's what I picked. Love Wedding Repeat. Okay, so Love Wedding Repeat. We both have never seen it, of course, because it wasn't out really when I think mm-hmm. we decided to do it, or it was. It just had come out. So th- this movie uh, is directed by a guy named Dean Craig. And he wrote and directed Love Wedding Repeat. And I I would say that it is very close sibling to the movie Death at a Funeral, the British film, uh, British comedy film. It's very similar in its formula and its wacky characters who all arrive at a major family event where everything never goes to plan. Uh, interestingly enough, Dean Craig did Death at a Funeral. So he's kind of uh, in his realm of things here. So that's kind of, in Love Wedding Repeat, it's all about a wedding that's happening and all these kooky characters arrive and then things don't go as planned. There's a little uh, caveat of how they do it uh, in the form of kind of like a twist type of thing, but we'll get to that. But with that being said, what is your initial oh, thought boy. on the movie, um, Susan? I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've had time to, to think <laughs> about it. I tried to be optimistic right after I watched it just because it was, you know – a friend of mine even mentioned this that the that watched it. She really liked the the lighting on it. Like it made her happy. And I I see what she means because it is it that does have an effect. Like especially during these times. Like it is nice to watch like a brightly lit, happy feeling movie. So I, if you if that's kind of the energy you want, that this this does have that. But I am I am all about writing. And this screenplay sucked. It it started great. The opening 
was really funny. And then the wedding started and it just, it, a lot going on, poor, um, character development. And by that, I don't, um, a character, a movie like that, we don't need to go into like diving deep into all these like personal things, but there's a way to do it to, to let us understand the characters. Like, I know you don't like this movie, but I think like, he's just not that into you has multiple characters, but the amount, what they show of them on screen, we get good enough insight of these people. We, we understand them. Frida Pinto's character. I don't know why she was a bitch, like just a bitch to be a bitch. Like it was her character and her guy. They could have just been completely removed. There was, um, they, they had that friend and I guess his romantic interest, which was so completely forced. Um, oh man, there, there was a lot. It's, it's, there's a, yeah, there's a ton of characters in the movie. So what I thought about this film or what should I say, uh, the thing I say, you know, just like Susan said, you know, in a sea of uncertainty in this real world that we're living in, it's nice to see something kind of witty and charming, if not completely predictable, but the film is kind of like a wild day at a wedding, which is full yeah. of British humor and a lot of dick jokes. A lot of them don't land very well. And I think that's a lot to do with some of the casting in the movie. Yeah. Sam Claflin, I guess I'm pronouncing that correctly, and Olivia Munn just phone in their performances completely. Like they just are on set not having a good time, it looks like. It's really weird to see because I like both Sam and Olivia, but here it just they're just going through the motions. So, I mean, the the start of the film kind of gives you what you're in for as kind of like the movie is like going through space in the cosmos and you hear a narrated a royal woman's voice talking that ends with all of this love and planning can go right down the shitter. And that's what she says. So you're like, okay, this is going to be a funny film. So it starts out with these two people who met Sam Claflin and uh, Olivia Munn who had just met, but have fallen in love, but their paths, you know, take them different places. A few years later happens and Sam Claflin's sister is getting married. And this where sets up kind of like death at a funeral, everybody coming to this wedding different characters, weird characters, kooky characters, where nothing seems to go right. An ex-boyfriend shows up, obnoxious people, a film director who somebody wants to um, be in touch with, and then, of course, drugs. People are drugged. But the thing that sets this part away, this from being exactly like Death at a Funeral, is that uh, the director, Dean Craig, set it up where... What would happen if, you know, people sat at a different spot at the table? There's so many different uh, ways this could have gone down. And it kind of goes through that and shows you how the movie could have ended in better or worse ways. Kind of like Wayne's World at the end where they do the Scooby-Doo ending and the perfect ending and stuff like that. It's kind of in the same vein as that because at some point in this movie some crazy shit happens it freezes the frame and they're like well if it goes back and it does this way this happens mm -hmm. so i think it's kind of a cop-out and kind of a lazy way to do it 
although it might be a, like a different way about going about telling your story. I just think the fil- the writer director Dean Craig just was like going off death at a funeral. Didn't have much of a an original idea for it, but they made it. Um, and I think that this maybe it's a lazy but somewhat you know fun yeah, movie to I, watch. I will once say I'm surprised you time. say uh, you, you think Sam Claflin phoned it in. I agree about Olivia Munn. I think she just like I don't know why she did the movie. I. Maybe towards the second half, maybe with Sam, but because I, I feel like, like I said, that opening scene, I was in it. And then the rest of the movie lost me. Uh, I do agree. It kind of actually gave me sliding door vibes. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, kind of. But, you know, but what was cool about sliding doors is we were watching both like the parallel, like both at the same time, like both instances. So that was really unique. And I think it was a better movie overall than this, but I, I do think that they just, the, the, it was lazy. I don't think anything was really original about it, but I don't even feel like the second scenario was even that much better to be honest. Like that's what kind of bothered me. And there was so much, I I think the premise was, it was a great idea. Like uh, you, you could have spun that and made that unique. You, you really could have. And I, I just, I don't. Right. But what, he, but what he did in that, that final sequence, cause like up until that moment, nothing worked out for anybody. And right. then in that second sequence, it was love actually, basically where everybody got the girl, everybody worked out. Yeah. Was everybody will see something bothers me big time like about that though, is I, I won't say it like what it is, but I'll just let you know. I am a, I don't like cheating. Um, and I don't think I'm not really a huge fan when cheating is like essentially like, Oh, it's okay. Like, I think, you know what I mean without saying, but it's just like, I, I would have rather, I almost would have rather the first scenario just because I don't think that I don't know. It was, it was almost like just way too unrealistically perfect in the second scenario to where I was like, okay, that it, it was a cop out. It was a cop out. It was like, well, here's everyone's happy ending. And that's what it was. Uh, do we recommend this movie? I mean, if you want to like silly fun, watch in the background while you're doing something else, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, just watch death at a funeral, well, not the all black version. This, watch the, uh, the, the original version. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, it's the same exact movie, even with some of like the same characters and people who play those people that are in that. But yeah, death at a funeral is much better with better writing, better characters. It means something, uh, but yeah, I no. love wedding repeat. It really, it's a like horrible the title. Title's not good. <laughs> no, it, it is. It is. Uh, you might laugh a couple times for the movie, but yeah, this is one that you just, I mean, I wouldn't say just like completely avoid it, but if you're, if you like these types of movies, uh, or you're forced to watch it, I mean, you might laugh here and there, but other than that, I just like, it's maybe worth one look if that while yeah, you're doing it, something else exactly in the background right. if you're you don't a need fan to be of romantic comedies it. and you want something very lighthearted, you'll you'll get a few laughs you'll definitely get a few laughs and it's just it's not a must 
I cannot. There's so many other things that we've mentioned already on this podcast to to watch over this. So that is our blind watch. It is on Netflix. Love Wedding Repeat. Mm, can't wait. Uh, next week will be my pick. It'll be excellent. It will. It will not be involving <laughs> fucking diseases and viruses going around. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, so, rounding out our fourth episode of No BS with uh, Brian and Susan, we're going to be doing our little honorable mention. Just a couple of things we just want to tell you about real quickly about some of the things we've watched recently. Well, I have to repeat: to Never watch. have I ever. So, it comes out uh, April twenty seventh. Um, watch it it's so easy and it's another it's a really well-written comedy series and then i also i watched one of ifc's uh new film how to build a girl it stars beanie felstein um it's like a british comedy it's yeah jonah hill's sister uh i love her jonah hill she's such a great actress and uh so the movie is okay. Uh, I, I I think I'm a little biased because I like her, um, but it's it, it's it's fun. It's about a young girl with a in a family of like she's one of four, I think maybe five. Now I think about it, I know her mom has twins, but basically she wants to be this star writer for one of the the local newspapers, and she gets like wrapped up in the music industry and starts reviewing artists and actually it has Theon from uh, Game of Thrones in there. Uh, I forget the actor's name, but yeah, that's the guy. That's him. And so it's, it's, it's cute. You know, she goes through her, her whole like being humble, then big head and then come back again. It's, it's very predictable. It's very cliche, but it's cute. And then Netflix is going to have a new, um, I don't even know if I would call it. It's like a different, they, they, they're advertising it as a different kind of love story, which it is. It's called the half of it. And it's about, a a young girl who kind of is an introvert, keeps to herself until she meets this guy, um, like this jock who wants help, uh, writing a love letter to the most popular girl in school and she helps him out, but it turns out she too is in love with the most popular girl in school. And as they're trying to help him out with her, they're also forming a friendship and kind of bringing out the best in each other. And it's actually, and then it turns into this really weird, interesting love triangle, I I guess you could say. Um, It's, don't go in with high expectations. I was a little let down, honestly, but it's still pretty interesting because it's different and unique. And um, so for that, I would still say it's worth a one-time watch. There you go. There you go. Uh, My honorable mentions, uh, these movies have been in theaters already, but they had just uh, come on to the video on demand. So you can get them on iTunes. You can get them on Vudu, Google Play, Amazon. Uh, one of them is The Call of the Wild with uh, Omar Sy, Karen Gilliam, and a little bit of Harrison Ford. The Jack London novel turned into a feature film about a dog who finds his true calling in the wild, in nature. Uh, it's a decent Mm. enough movie. It's Disney is all over it. So it's kind of predictable. 
the dog for being CG motion capture type of thing is cute enough. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a decent movie. It's a decent watch. Really? Uh, That's it? I mean, Harrison Ford is in it for like 30 minutes, so he's not in the whole movie. Ah. Yeah, so definitely shitty marketing and uh, lying on Disney's part because they definitely first bills like Harrison Ford in this. And like Harrison Ford doesn't show up till 45 minutes into the movie. So it, there, he's good in it. His narration over the film is good. I can't believe Harrison Ford hasn't narrated more films because he's really good at it. Uh, but the film is okay. I mean, it's you, if you like dogs, you know, I think it'll pull the heartstrings just like a Disney movie would. So there's that one, and the other one is called Downhill. This is a surprisingly great film. A lot of people did not like it for no other reason because they're idiots. Uh, I firmly believe that. Um, Downhill is the American remake of Force Majeure, a great film about uh, a couple going on a ski uh, vacation and a simulated avalanche happens where everybody's okay, but in a split second, it looks like it's going to be death for everyone and the husband up and runs away without his family. And it's left with the awkward tense situation of dealing with that. So, uh, Nat Faxon and Jim Rash directed and wrote this, uh, American version downhill, which they did the way, way back. Fantastic movie. We all loved it. This movie, I mean, it is the American remake, but there are many great ways to tell a different version of a good story. And this is just like that. It can stand on its own. It has the backdrop of the same story, but is very different from beginning to end in that situation. And Julia Louise Dreyfus just deserves all the awards because she's so good in her role and Will Ferrell while I think he's great in it I mm. just think he seems mostly miscast in the movie but he does a good job it's a funny movie and it tackles a lot of great relationship type of moments in this movie and it stands completely on its own and I really think that it got a bad rap because people thought it was just a cheap rip off of Force Majeure when it was anything but uh, is highly that, recommend Downhill is that a do you have to uh, very, pay for that one? Is that available on any of the streaming? Oh, go ahead. No, no streaming yet. It just came on video on demand. So you'll probably have to pay, you know, two or three bucks to rent it. But it's worth the purchase. The extras on Downhill are great. Um, they're really funny. There's even a sequence where they're talking about locations, but all the actors and actresses of the film for five minutes talk <laughs> about how horrible and terrible Jim Rash and Nat Faxon are as writers and directors. And it's wonderful. Wonderful. It's really funny. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. And the deleted scenes are excellent. The alternate opening is excellent. That pays homage to force majeure. Uh, highly recommend when you see the movie, Susan, I think you will actually say like, that was actually really good. How did people not like it? And I really think it's these uppity film critics who were like, it's not force majeure. And I'm like, come on, you could tell the same story. Well, I might have it a bit because I never saw you know, Force Majeure. Like, I think you could. Um, so, so maybe, but I, I didn't realize it was those two oh, guys okay. who made the film because I love The Way Way Back. Uh, I own it. It's one of my favorite movies. So that is appealing. So yeah, you will like it. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, watch, watch mm -hmm. Downhill. You'll like it. Uh, Call of the Wild is okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean... 
You're going to see uh, you know, CGI dogs <laughs> beaten a little bit, but you I, know, don't, yeah. I don't lie. That yeah, no, that. it's, it's <laughs> you know, it, it, it turns well out in the end, but Hey, in the, the call of the, the wild, I, your favorite I'll just person's rewatch in the there, guest again. <laughs> so he's shirtless. I'll go with that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, there you go. So that uh, that wraps up our fourth episode of No BS with Brian and Susan. I am Brian Kluger. You can find me online at boomstickcomics.com, highdefdigest.com, and screenrant.com, as well as my YouTube channel, where you can find my latest video where I deliver the top 10 Scream Factory releases in a hilarious, ridiculous video as well as this podcast network all over the place. And then and Susan, you Steven, you can find her everywhere com, too. Where can they find you? At this Chicks Flicks on Twitter, scomyab13, uh, Instagram, and uh, ictn.tv or City of Irving's YouTube channel. Um, everywhere. <laughs> that is awesome. But yeah, we'll be back next week with episode five. It's going to be yeah, fantastic. Stay safe. We love you all. Stay safe out there.